Episode 6 is hot on the heels of Episodes 4 and 5. Apologies if you are still listening and dissecting the last couple of episodes, but when I have a chance to get the interviews out onto the podcasting streams, I upload them as soon as I can. I must address a small error in my post-interview footnote in Episode 4. I stated Alan Mangles coached Cringilla Reserve Grade for approximately two seasons after his coaching stint with Bulleye. I was incorrect, and it was only for over half a season. My apologies to Alan for that small error. In regards to future episodes, I have a great list of men and women waiting to be interviewed, but I am always looking to get additional interviews. So if you know anyone that you think I should interview, please send me a direct message via the applicable social media streams. Today's interviewee has had an extensive career which has traversed the Illawarra Leagues and New South Wales State Leagues. He has played for clubs ranging from Fernhill, Junior and Senior Clubs, Illawarra Junior Representative Teams, Ferry Meadow, Balambi, Wollongong Macedonia, Unandera, South Coast Croatia and Coniston. Add in the coaches he has played under, such as Frew, Comley, Thompson, Kerr, Ashbolt, Willis, Bingham, Tinney, Code, Fontana, Johnson, the Satins, and you can understand why Dean Gardner's episode will be one you will enjoy. A striker who worked hard at his game and learned a great deal about himself from the people around him, Dean's interview was a pleasure to conduct and put together. Thanks again to Dean who has supported my social media pages from day one and has sent through a lot of material for other people to enjoy. A very generous guy. Welcome everybody to the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. I'm here in the uh, suburb of Baugian and I'm here with Dean Gardner. Dean, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks Trav. Thanks for having me. It's... um We've been interacting um, on, on social media and um, I appreciate your support and coming here um, with the uh, Football United vs Soccer City um, platforms where you support um, the pitches that I've put up and other people have and yourself as well. And um, when we got talking, your, your career is uh, varied to say the least. So um, we might as well start at the beginning. Um, tell us about your, your sort of 10 or 11 years at uh, Fernhill Junior Soccer Club and how you came to where you lived, um, how you got that passion for soccer. Yeah, oh, well, it's a funny story, actually, because I actually uh, started at Ferry Meadow uh, St John Vianney's Catholic School. And as we all know, uh, the Catholics were um, very much rugby league. Yes. But it was called football back then. They, and soccer was soccer, football yep. was rugby league and rugby union, what have you. And I remember the nuns coming around and uh, asking who wants to play football and of course every boy put their hand up in the class and gave us out a form. And at the time I was living in Steel Street, as you probably know Steel Street, just up the road from... In Reedtown, uh, yep. In Reedtown, just across the road, straight across the road from Pop Arrington Park and I was a five-year-old and I was watching the kids train over there. So this night when I, got the, uh, I came home after school and had the, the form to play football, I ran across the road... And I can remember um, Kevin Code, yep. uh, Neil's dad, 
he was the coach over there of the under sevens and I was only five and I can remember him distinctly looking at the form and sort of like crunching it up a little bit and saying just go and have a kick with the kids and here I am today. Wow. That's it. Fernhill Soccer Club at the time like you spoke about um, was at Pop Errington in Reedtown just off the highway there. Um, the juniors, though, they, they played elsewhere? Yeah, we played at Guest Park. I think it was for the first one or two years that I was there where, when I was five and six. Of course, I was under, under sevens for the first three years of um, playing football. And um, we played down at Guest Park and the seniors played at Pop Arrington Park. Um, we trained at Pop Arrington as juniors, like the under sevens had one corner, the under eights. And if you remember Pop Arrington Park, there was a tennis court out the back yeah. as well and there's a bit of ground between the ground, yep. the field and the court. Kids trained out there as well. So, yeah, we, it, was, it was rudimentary, but um, we survived, yeah. The, those initial years, were there coaches... Um, that sort of and friendships that you formed that still stick in your memory. Oh, look, I've uh, well, I'd like to think that uh, I used to walk down the street and I'd see Mr. Well, I called him Mr. Code. Like, even as a man, I used to keep calling him Mr. Code, and he kept correcting me. He says, "It's Kevin, it's Kevin," and and still uh, I know um, a lot of guys who played in that team. There was uh, Murray Brown, Robert Kernel Code, Stephen Potter. I don't know whether you know any of those names, and we had friendships right through juniors and of course as you get older we you, you go separate ways as far as friendships go but the, the bind there is football I guess and um, yeah it was um, it was a great experience I loved I, I lived and breathed it I could even smell it you know it was just uh, it was something that uh, I really loved and I love sport and um, but uh, Soccer, as we called it back then, football, it, uh, it was just a tremendous thing for me. And I guess living so close to the ground there, it would have been uh, perfect for you in it terms was of abs- training. And- absolutely, and um, not even... I was out there every other day kicking the ball around when nobody was there, Pop Barrington, when nobody was training on it, and I was kicking the ball around, and we'd have games there, like the kids in that neighbourhood, that's where we'd play, on Pop Barrington Park, actually. <laughs> Fantastic. The those early years, though, uh, you played at Guest Park as well, and 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 then I guess graduated on to Pop Arrington. Fernhill was, a, I guess, a, a different club then, and and steeped in history itself. So, would you go down um, on the weekends after you played your game and and watch the seniors play? Oh, absolutely. That well, that was my life. It was. Uh, I moved from Steel Street, then we moved into Elizabeth Street, and then I moved into Taraji Road. And it was, uh, as I mentioned, we played at Guest Park. The seniors played at Pop Arrington. Um, then we had the ground uh, down at Taraji Park. I think it was when I was about eight. Um, we, uh, we, we started playing down at Taraji Park. And I don't think the seniors moved there straight away. They still played at Pop Barrington Park for a couple of years. I think there was an overlap of a few years. And um, that was my day I would go there on a I'd play football on a Saturday morning in the afternoon I'd have 20 cents in my pocket I'd go over to Pop Barrington Park I'd have a pie and a drink with me two bob and watch the football and, and more often than not though we'd be playing out the back while the football was on <laughs> and uh or we were ball boy. Being a ball boy at Pop Arrington Park was a bit of a nightmare because when they used to kick it down towards Steel Street or I can't remember that street that runs off the highway, the name of it, um, the ball used to fly down there on windy days and as a ball boy you used to earn your money, that's for sure. 
think it was I think it was Florence. Florence, yeah, that's exactly right. That's what it was, Florence Street. And I guess for people that um, aren't of a certain vintage and are listening to this, Pop Arrington, as I've probably said before, and I'm probably showing my my Reedtown love too much. But it was a very small ground. Oh it? yeah, it was very small. And uh, as I mentioned before the interview, Travis, I heard I was listening to Ringo's or Adrian Ringland's uh, interview with you, and he was talking about when Zach, Big Zach. Uh, the infernal goalie scored um, a goal out of his hands. I was actually there that day. It was a windy day, and their goalie was off the line. And Zach's just kicked it down. It's bounce, an awkward bounce, and went straight over the goalie's head into the goal. And uh, yeah, it'll probably get a lot of hits on uh, social media these days. That's yeah, it yeah, it was. Jeez, uh, it, it would have been great to have it if you on video, but jeez, uh, it was a long time ago. So you, you played your whole juniors at Fernhill. Yep. And then um, during that time, um, I think it was under-13s to under-15s, you, you represented um, the Illawarra as well. Yep. How did that sort of come about, and, and were you excited by the prospect of, of playing um, with a better team and representing the Illawarra? The, f- the thing about uh, playing rep football... Um, Illawarra back in them days, uh, even from, I think it was from under 8 or under 9s, they had rep sides. So you played in the morning with your team and you played in the afternoon with Illawarra or the next day or the Sunday, I think it was. And I never made the rep teams until I was 13. Um, there were so, so many good players around the district and um, I know that you're... Uh, uh, Apologies for st- harking back to Adrian's um, video, but uh, I was one of those players where I had to work at my game. Yep. And uh, so I didn't really um, uh, come to my full potential until I was later on, and probably I was just starting at 13, um, 14, 15 years old. The first rep team I played in was under 13s, and I can remember it. We played Sutherland at Engadine. That was my very first rep game. And then after that, we played in a 14s and 15s team, and it was called Balgani. Okay. And it was called... And then uh, the next year it went Wollongong City. And yeah, I don't know what the story is behind that. I know Dave Childs was, was involved in that yeah, in those years. trying to get him to... Um, he's in Queensland at the moment, but I think at the time um, Safeway merged with uh, Balgani, um, and Balgani took over and then Baogani then became Wollongong City there for a couple of years. So Yeah, um, that was it. Uh, I know in one of the photos in the, in the Instagram site, um, Ian Serson sent it yeah, in. It was a I photo was of a us. Yeah, it was orange actually, or orange, and um, we had the black shorts and we played in orange socks as well. And uh, we were basically the juniors for Balgani. I think Kevin Perkins was the coach, okay. captain coach for Balgani at that time. Alan Thompson was our coach of the, of the rep side. Oh, a name that most people are familiar with. Yeah, Al, he was a great... He, like, he was a tr- tremendous coach. Um, uh, this is no disrespect to Kevin Code and all them guys, because they were fantastic people, like, great people and they nurtured us and and, and they probably didn't have the expertise then back then because coaching was um it was voluntary and and football i guess techniques and coaching classes and 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 what it is today wasn't what it was back then and these guys put their heart and soul into the club you know and i really appreciate what they did you know but as i got older the coaching sort of like became a bit and I was very fortunate. I had some great, from from my perspective, I think that's what sort of like got me to the level I was, was the coaches that I did have. We'll definitely get through to them. In, the, um, in those years when you were watching as well as playing, were there 
Was there a couple of Fernhill players that were your favourites? Oh, I used to like the Richies, the Boyces. Bruce Eisdahl was a favourite of mine. He was the captain, you know. I didn't... It was funny. It was... Uh, it wasn't their. It was just their um, their persona that was you're attracted to. These guys, they they had the red and white uniform on the white, the white shorts with that. Uh, I can still remember. It was like a stretch band. Fernhill had yeah. down their shorts, and it was, you know. And I thought, yeah, I want to be them. I want to be them one day. You know. Is there a game uh, being a, a Fernhill supporter in that in those years that you that comes to mind that you, you always recall? I remember one game. Uh, we were playing below Workers Club. They had the green and they were in the green and gold and yep. it was a green stripe going across their sash. shirt. It was yep. a sash. And they were the hot side back then. <laughs> and we beat them. Fernhill beat them. It was a huge thing for the Hill that day because uh, they knocked off the leaders of the comp. And uh, I can remember us all cheering and singing and carrying on. It was, yeah, it was, it was a good atmosphere. You came to the end of, <coughs> I guess, your junior career and then... Um through the timeline um, that we've sort of put together, or you mm. put together, and I'm I'm reading through, you then in, at the end of '76 um, you end your sort of junior career, and, yep. and in '77 um, you start uh, training and then playing with uh, uh, Ferry Meadow. I think um, yeah, it was I Ferry Meadow. I think yeah. the Ferry Meadow youth team yep. who were in the IDSA competition then. Yep. And so I think um, uh, through. Some various sources, such as Frank Saladino and and um, and whatnot, that in that '77 season you you had six games in youth grade and you debuted in round 12 and and got one goal in round 16. So was it because of your young age that you debuted in round 12, or was there an injury, or, or what? No, what do you recall? Of no, that '77. Not in '77. I was just in the youth team. I actually didn't make a first grade game, so. Um, but six, yeah. six games of, um, I guess, youth football as a 16-year-old is, yeah, it was, is still pretty heavy. It was, it was, it was hectic, you know. And, uh, but uh, there was a lot of guys who my age as well playing in youth football. We had the um, uh, Robbie and Paul Giraldi, who are dear friends of mine to this day, you know. And they, they we were just there because we were mates and said, well, let's go there and play. You so know? was that a conscious decision because you're around some of these other guys that you didn't then stick with Fernhill from juniors to seniors? Yeah, it was because we were growing up, I guess, and you're 16 and you start having... You, you're talking to mates who are outside of that circle, oh, Fernhill circle, <clears throat> and when you're playing rep too, you meet different guys from different clubs, I guess, and uh, and you form relationships. And, uh, yeah, so one of the reasons, like I said, with Ferry Meadow was... Um, because I had friends there like Robbie and Paul Giraldi. They were there, so we, as mates we said, let's go there. And we, and we formed uh, friendships with uh, the Satins too, Harry and Ronnie Satin, and they were yeah, there at the time. time. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, they were higher grades though at that time, but they were in the same club, and we had some really good social... We had some good connections we had some good later connections. on in the 80s and 90s with yeah. Harry, and we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> the um, Ferry Meadow Club... Uh, Saladino family and Walter, Walter and other committee guys formed that club in the late 60s and it was a, a great club as well. They played, uh, where did they play their football? They played their football down at Dalton Park and they, they wore a black and blue strip into Milan yep. colours. And I actually didn't play with them when they had that strip. I was in the white strip with the um, okay. thing. But we did actually use that black and blue strip for like away games if 
team's colours uh, contrasted with us or corresponded with our, our colours. So, yeah, we, I, we did have um, those colours come back every now and then. And that round 12 debut in youth grade, do you remember any of it? Is it a 16 No, it's or? funny. I can't remember who we played or what we did, but um, what I do remember on, on that year in particular was that uh, we weren't that good of a side. We didn't gel too well, but we did win the Cass Cup. Yeah, I was going to say, you did win the Cass Cup. We so. won the Cass Cup, which is it, it's like the FA Cup, and it was a dream run for us. We were coming about third last, I think it was, and... Peter Kerr was our coach. He was the fullback for the Ferrymeadow first grade at the side. Pete was a lovely bloke, you know, and he was a, more a man manager than a technique guy. Yep. But he was a, he was a great bloke, and he looked after us, and um, you know, and he, he he instilled some pride into us in so far as you know, you're playing for yourself, boys. You know, let's go out and do something, and we won the Cass Cup. And we actually won it the year after as well. Yeah, I, I saw the year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Got some pictures of the medals there yeah, in 77 and, and 78. And, so. the re- and the reason why I did that is because um, it was under 18s. It was under 18s, so I played two years under 18s from 16 17. Then they pushed it up to under 19s, and I'd moved to Fern Hill because I was working in Sydney at the time, and I won it with Fern Hill. Oh, wow. So I reckon I'm, I'm probably the only bloke who's got three youth winners' medals in the area. <laughs> and, uh, and and that year of so going back to Fernhill after seventy eight was was there any reason to, for that? Uh, it was like I guess what Adrian said. You're going home, you know. I was working in Sydney. I couldn't train as much. I had, I got a job in Sydney, and um, I just thought Mar- Marty Comley was the youth coach at the time, and I spoke to Marty and said, oh, you know, look, I don't know whether I'm going to be that reliable because I'm working in Sydney and the training wasn't good, and I was on the bench for a lot of that year. And, I, and the funny thing was, I was keeping fit by training with a rugby league team in Sydney. It was like some second division team in Sydney, and uh, I'd come home. And then one of the players got an injury. It was a fullback. And uh, Marty said, do you, do you want to have a crack at fullback? And I said, as long as I'm playing. And I ended up playing the whole, the rest of that season at fullback, and I played in the final of the Cass Cup at fullback. Wow. Well, I think most people know you as a striker and yeah. and my uh, poor interviewing skills, and I think I've done it in every interview so far, where I get excited just about the journey and, and don't talk about the the playing position that you, yeah. you're playing. So where were you playing in those sort of junior years? Was it more as an attacking player? Yeah, yeah, it was more yep. as an attacking player, probably a right-wing attacking player, because I had a bit of speed too um, yep. throughout my career. I was not the fastest, but I was a bit... Uh, I was fairly quick. Uh, but the funny thing was, um, coming into... Once um, Kevin Code, um, finished, Mr Code, finished training us, um, we had another coach for one year. I think it was around 11, 12. And then in under-13s, uh, we had a man by the name of Huey Tinney yeah. who'd just come over to Australia and he was playing what for... What a guy to have as coach. Uh, he was a... He's such a lovely man. I'm connected with Huey at the moment too. Um, he lives down at uh, Kiama at the moment. And the funny thing is, the 13-year-old kids, there was like me and Murray Brown, Robert Kerr, Neil Code, the, the young guys in this team, we couldn't understand a word he was saying <laughs> for the first three months. Not a word, but, um, geez, and he, could, he, he taught us a lot. He taught me a lot in any way in particular, and he was such a friendly, lovely guy. Yeah, and the fun- had a positive effect on a lot of people yeah, and since f- coming here. And the funny thing about Yui is, is that we had, um, we had clashes 
later on in life where I was the striker and he was the centre half and it was uh, and, you know and he'd always come up after the game win lose or draw and give me a hug you know he was a, a tremendous man a tremendous man and um, yeah so in those uh, in 13s and 14s I think it was Yui had me playing at centre half oh wow yeah <laughs> And we went through the league. We won the league in under-14s. And back then, they ditched the, um, the semi-finals, grand-finals, and they had round robins. Oh, OK. I don't know if you can remember that. Anyway, I, subsequently, I'd moved to Balambi. And we were playing our round-robin games at Balambi. And we'd won our first one. And so we're talking juniors. We're still. talking juniors, yep. under-14s. And um, I've looked out the window the week after... And seen Port Kembla over at Elizabeth Park because I was living at um, Balambi. We'd just moved to Balambi, and I got on the phone to um, Mr. Bain, I think it was. He was the president of the Fernell Junior Soccer Club yeah. at the time, and um, I forget his first name. But anyway, I rang him up and says, "Oh, Port Kembla are already here. We're not starting until eleven o'clock, but it's nine o'clock." And he checked the thing. Oh, I've made a mistake, and we had to forfeit the game. And Port Kembla ended up winning the round robin series, but we won the league, which is. The most important thing in my eyes, anyway. So, uh, back to '79, your Triple Cast Cup winner, and um, and I guess there you're playing fullback. And so the following year, you you moved to Balambi as a, as a first grader. Yeah. So uh, how did that move come about, and and um, and and who was coaching, and who got you to come across? The, what happened? Uh, John Frew was the coach at um, Balambi at the time, and me and Paul. And when I say Paul, I mean Paul Giraldi. We were good mates, really good mates. And um, Paul said, "Well, let's go over to Balambi and have a shot at uh, Frew. Will give us a shot at playing first grade." So we both went over there. In the meantime, we had um, Robbie, Paul's brother, and Harry and Ronnie. They went to Wollongong United as it was back then, and so. Mm, Paul and myself, Paul was a year younger than me, he, was, he broke into first grade, I broke into first grade and we basically played that year out. Yeah, that 1980 season, uh, yeah. what do you remember of it? Because you're playing with the likes of Paul, like you said, but Terry Stewart, Jeff yeah. Farrah, yeah. Fritz Hebben, who would have had yeah. a lot of experience. We had a year. And, and of course, uh, Rob Banks and Kim Johnson. Banksy, Banksy and Kimmy and Fritzy and there was Dougie Patrick, they brought all the guys back because, but we were struggling because... Those guys were experienced, but I think we had too many experienced guys. Experienced guys because they didn't have the legs anymore. You know what I mean? Like Rob was such a uh, a fantastic influence. Rob Banks, he, his drive and passion is just second to none, and he was a great footballer. You know, um, but I think Rob was just a little bit <laughs> too, you know, at the other end of his career, and he had a few injuries too. And there was Dougie Patrick and Fritzy. All good players in their day, but I don't think their legs were quite what they wanted them to be. Anyway, we ended up about, I think it was either second or third last. But all through that season... Because that was Premier League as well, That was Premier League, yeah. The fun, I remember our first game, in a trial game, we beat, um, I think we beat Bulleye 2-1. And Bulleye were the one of the favourites, the side, you know, and uh, for the Premiership that year. And we beat them 2-1 in a trial match just the week before the season started. And then we thought, oh, well, we're in with it, you know. We played really well. And and then we played Tarawana the week after in the first game of the comp and got beat 6-1. But uh, it brought us back down to down to earth, back to reality. And So you, you enjoyed your time there, but felt with some of the other guys that you played at Ferry Meadow that the following year that you'd go to Wollongong Macedonia. Yeah, 
those guys were in my ear, you know, and Paul's ear says, come on, come to Wollong United, you won't believe this coach, he's fantastic, etc., etc. Just harking back to Balambi when John Frew, John, John was sort of like um, a bit before his time, he, was, he brought all these different methods, training methods in and, that I'd never seen before. And as I mentioned earlier on in the interview, a lot of coaches that I, I was very fortunate to have some good coaches throughout my career who, who I learnt different things from and, and progressed. But the next coach probably had the biggest influence on my career ever. And that was Mike Johnson at Wollongong United when I went to um, there the next year. Uh, Mike, I think he's passed away now. Mike, he was a, he was a funny he was a funny man. He um, right from the get go we had to call him boss. <laughs> we had to call him boss, and um, he brought a discipline into our game into me anyway that was that I thought was sort of like uh, this guy's bringing stuff from Newcastle where he played as a professional. He's bringing professional stuff. He, he had, um, from memory, played in England yeah. and then come out here to yeah. play in the, the Federation days yeah, as well. he did, I yeah. think maybe with Safeway, was it? Yeah, or? he did. Yep. He did. I think he, yeah. And probably South Coast United yeah. too, I think. But, um, and Mike's ambition was he wanted to coach Australia. He was Frank Arrock's understudy at St George for many and he, from the the year before at Balambi, I think I scored three or four goals, and I was a striker, not good enough really. And um, and I was fit. I was a fit guy, you know. I I um, relied on my fitness a lot. <laughs> I wasn't the most gifted player. Uh, I didn't have that natural ability like the Giraldis and the Satins and stuff like that. But I had fitness and I had aggression, controlled aggression, mind you. But this, but Mike, he he honed the skills. He said to me, the three important aspects of football is your aggression, your fitness, and your skills. He says you've got to play to your strengths, work on your weaknesses, and that's what I did. And uh, I can remember, like we used to train at Vikings Oval. After training, he'd keep me back and just throw two, three hundred balls at me, make me turn, make me. Lay it off, score goals, uh, one touch, score, head, score, and it was just incredible. So he, set you up for he just worked the me. Rest he of worked your me, but he didn't put me in the team straight away. It was sort of like I waited six weeks, bided my time. I was about the third guy in line waiting to get into the team. And for the listener, <laughs> um, Wollongong Macedonia at the time were in what division of, of state in the, league? They were in that. Well, they were called the first division then, but it was the second tier second because tier they had the state, state league. They call it Super League. Yep. the state first division for whatever reason, and that was Wollongong United's or Wollongong Macedonia's goal was to get into that state Super League. That's what they wanted because they started off as an ISA club, as yep. you know, and they were put, they started off in the third or second division of the state league, and. Um, yeah, so then they got Mike Johnson in as a coach, and I think we were with Mike for two or three years. Because you were there from 81 to 83. Yeah. And and so how was it going, playing against different state league teams when the rest of your senior career thus far had been in the local league? It, how, how did you find it? It was, it was a mightily big step up. It was incredible. Um, because my only experience of first grade was that year at Balambi. Went to state league and it was just so much quicker, so much um, uh, more one-touch, two-touch And, and we're stuff. talking first grade. We're here. talking first grade. So it's... 
And no, this is second tier. We're playing against yeah, some strong teams. Here. Yeah, yeah. And we were playing like cup matches. They had Ampole cup matches back there. We were playing guy against guys like Graham Arnold, Robbie Slater, yep. Jason Van Blurk, um, all those type of guys. And um, I had to wait six weeks. I had to wait for injury to get my shot at it. And Mike put me in. I, I cannot, for the life of me, I've been trying to wrap my brains to think what the first game was. But what I do know is that year, it was me and Robbie were partnered up front, and I ended up scoring something like 23, 24 goals. Robbie scored about 25, 26 in that level of league. So I went from a, and this is the impact Mike Johnson had on me, I went from scoring three or four goals in the Premier League to 20-odd goals in the state first division. That's a big transformation, that was isn't it? It was huge. And my whole uh, outlook on life was around football. I lived and I breathed it. Probably the biggest mistake I did make was sign a blue form. <laughs> yeah. Which... So explain that to the listener, what that meant. The blue form, when you're playing... And was that in 81 that you signed that? Yeah. Yep. We, because Mike wanted to, we were playing in a game against North Sydney up at Seymour Short Park and Mike wanted, said to me, oh, I need you to be on the bench for this particular game. I need you to sign up. So he got me to sign this blue form and I'd been warned about this previously but it was just the, being a young guy and he said, yeah, you could be playing. Because really, I played, I played because I loved the game, you know, not yep. for the money. Yep. A lot of people thought, oh, yeah... Dean Garney likes playing for the money. Not not so, really. I just like playing at the highest level I could. And plus, like you said, you were playing with a friendship group. And friendship group. I remember... Who were just uh, just talented guys as well, so that's... Yeah, and uh, they had a lot more talent than me, <laughs> but, you know, uh, yeah, we were together, and uh, I remember one game at a Bulls paddock, we were playing the Wolves. Um, Roy Cotton was the striker, and Ken Morton was the coach, and they had... Um, Peter Willis and um, uh, who was the who was the captain? Um, Chris Dunleavy. Yep. We were playing at Winuna one night, and, and this were, was eighty one, was it? Yeah, and it was um, their, their, they only debut, beat us their debut year. Yeah, it was their debut year, and I think it was either a draw or they only beat us one nil or two one or something to that effect. Mm. And um, we gave them a run for their money, you know what I mean? And uh, Mike Johnson got us out, but. The five of us were playing in that same team, all from that friendship group, which was... On um, those very meadow days. Yeah, yeah. So that 81 season, where did you end up? We ended up, I think we ended up about second. We didn't get promoted. Um, and you stayed there. It was Mike Johnson there in 82 as yeah, well? Yeah, he was there for the second year in 82. And then in 83, he left and they brought in Larry Ashbott. But in 1983, me and Paul were going overseas for an extended European trip, as you okay. do when you're a young bloke. And um, I wasn't too happy there at uh, United. I wasn't getting the run because I guess they knew I was leaving. Yep. So I went to Balambi for a half a year. On loan? On loan. Back to Balambi and, yeah, had a great time, you know, scored a few goals and uh, headed off overseas in the July, you know. So I played about six games for Balambi on loan and, uh, and then off we went. And Paul came back in 1984. I stayed on for another year. So where did you go? Oh, you know, I went to Italy with Paul because Paul's, um, Paul's uh, family are Italian, of course, and we stayed in a little village where his mum's come from in central Italy. 
And we've played actually a couple of games there, just trial games with the local village team on gravel pitches and stuff <laughs> like that. It was, uh, yeah, it was a great experience. We travel around. We just borrowed one of Paul's cousin's cars and we travel around and we, yeah, we had a great time. And then... Um, so he returned and you spent the rest of 84 in Europe? Yeah, I spent the rest of 84 in Europe because, um, who is my wife today, she came over and met me in January of 84 and we ended up getting married over there in London. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and me and Paul, when we actually drove to London as well and we, we picked up a few games over there, first division games, it was fantastic. And when I was over there with um, Trish, my wife, we, we went to a few games as well. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah... Well, it wasn't the Premier League then; it was the First Division. But uh, yeah, Still awesome. Travel around, and then we uh, then we came. Then I came back home at the end of '84, and I started back again with uh, Wollongong United in '85. And John Bingham was the coach. So um, you got loaned out, I guess, '83 um, before you went, and mm-hmm. you, you were sort of unhappy because you knew you were going. So because a new coach, and I guess you had relationships there you were fine to go back yeah yeah i was fine to go and they were still in the second tier of state league yeah yeah they were still in it look the the my affinity with the macedonian people is incredible um the relationships i built up with the supporters uh, even up until 10 years ago i'd still get old macedonian guys come up to me in the street and say hey how you going dino everything good you know it was just a they'd the crowds were different back then, weren't they? The crowds were incredible. We used to get a lot more volume, so to speak. Yeah, we used to get crowds at Vikings over where we trained. Like we used to get like a hundred guys. And where were you playing your home games at? At Berkeley yep. um, Sports Ground, and we used to get about three thousand people on a good day. Two, three thousand people packed that sports ground out. It was uh, it was some good atmosphere there, some tremendous atmosphere. And so you then spent from eighty five to eighty eight. Um, there was a bit of a loan out in 88 to Unandera. Yep. But what do you remember of, of that time at Wollongong Macedonia? Under, was it John, John, John Bingham first, but then... It was probably... It was John, it was John all the way. John yep. was with us all the way. But the fondest memory of those years was we won promotion. Okay. We won the league. It was probably most, uh, the, the, the most memorable game, I think, was we had to play... We had a double header because of a washed out game. And, and we you had were still playing up front? Up front. Scoring goals? Scoring goals. And we had Eugle on the Saturday and we had North Bankstown on the Sunday at Berkeley. We had Eugle on the Saturday at Blick Oval, which is across the road from Canterbury Boys mm-hmm. High School. Yep. They were a strong side at the time, Eugle. And um, if we beat Eugle on the Saturday, yep. the North Bankstown game didn't matter. Dead rubber. It was a dead rubber. And um, so, of course, the boys were very keen to win, celebrate, and then play the next day. <laughs> and um, as it turned out, I scored the winning goal. That got us promoted. On the Saturday. On the Saturday. And it was just euphoric. <laughs> the Macedonians, and we partied. It was unbelievable. You know, they had the drums out, and it was... It was it was absolutely amazing. They got our bags out of the shed. We got changed, had a shower, got our bags out of the shed, put them into the bus. We went out celebrating. The next day, I got I actually got injured right at the end, and I was I, I twisted my ankle somewhat, and um, I was on the bench on the Sunday for the North Bankstown game. But they brought our bags in from the day before. We didn't even wash our kit. <laughs> The boys had to put their kit on, filthy dirty, go out and play North Bankstown, and we beat them 2-0. 
It was so, unbelievable. Who do you remember some of the committee guys being around at the club at that point? Jeez. Oh, there was Chris Topincheski. There was um, there was a couple of other guys. Look, I really can't remember their names. But, but really good times. Though. But really good times, you know. They, the boys were just... They were fantastic to me. To me personally, they were, you know... And, and that year that you won promotion, was that 88 or...? Yeah, it was 87, I think. 87. 87. And, and 88, we played in the... We started playing the top the, tier. The, the top tier, the, the Super, Super League. League, yeah. And so in that year, you're playing, but um, there's a period there where you then go out on loan to Unidera. Yeah. How, in, does, how does that transpire? Well, in, 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 that, in that year, um, we, were, we were doing well in the top tier. I, Bingham... Johnny had us fire. I think it was the second. I think '86 we won promotion. '87 we played top tier. '88 we played top tier. And uh, in that year, Johnny had us fire, and you know we were we were doing well. And '87 we did really well as as well. Um, we were beating Melita and Avala, who are all in the top tier now, and they called Mount Druid or something. Some of those uh, the newer the new names, but in '88. Uh, my third child was born and we were training three nights a week still and it was a Saturday and, and at this stage what I was 27 so I was pushing on you know when I said I should have been so there's, a, there's a lot going on in your life there's a lot going on in my life and I just uh, one day I think Johnny subbed me and I took the shirt off and I threw it on the ground which was a terrible thing to do because the Macedonians took a front to that they thought it yep. was me saying something about the shirt but it wasn't yep. it was just what was happening frustration on it was being frustrated being substituted and and I knew I was disappointed with myself you know and um, yeah so then I just said to the guy I says look it's not working at the moment and Ronnie Satin had moved to Unandera and he yep. was coaching at Unandera at the time and he said come on over and I'll use you and we had a great I think we made the semi-finals that year we played I played a half a year and I enjoyed every minute of it you know that, 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 that time in um, at Wollongong Macedonia in those years with John Bingham, some of the other players that you remember being part of those teams that that you remember fondly or that were yeah the oh, stronger yeah. part yeah I like I had Mark Mark Sweeney come down and play yeah. for us and who, who had played with Tarawan and Terry Meadow and I used to play against Mark all the time and he was in my rep side as well Mark so he's the same age as me, me Mark and uh, yeah he was a great player tremendous junior Mark he was so gifted you know naturally gifted guy and. Um, yeah, there was Mark, there was Phil Mulbar, I don't know if yeah. you remember Phil Mulbar. We had um, a lot of guys come and go as well. We had this guy called Sani Despotovsky come from Yugoslavia, yep. played in the side. Um, yeah, we had a lot of guys come down and, and play for us. Um, Bernie Godsnick, I don't know whether you know Bernie. Heard of the name. Yeah, he came down and played. There was, so there was a lot of top guys. And we had a great uh, Barney King, of course, and... Uh, Barry Robbo's brother, Peter in goals, uh, he was a great player, great goalkeeper. Peter Terzioski was the other goalkeeper, Danny Bijamoski. Um, yeah, we, uh, we had some good, uh, some good... So apart sort of, from, you know, getting frustrated as we all do if we get substituted, um, it, it was a good period there yeah, for yourself you know, where you really pushed yourself yep. at a top level, yep. you know, pretty yep. much the second tier of Australian football yep. in a sense because yep. there was the NSL and then there was the yep. top top tiers of the state league and yeah. you were doing that and yeah. then it was just time constraints that made yeah it, yeah 
family was, uh, you know, at, when you're a young bloke, uh, family's a huge thing. It's a huge commitment, you know. So I thought, well, three nights a week, away all weekend, basically playing football. Um, because you're talking some double headers yeah, there as well. Double headers, especially. And after, you know, I'm, trying, I'm getting my years mixed up because I'm sure I went to Ferry Meadow in 88 after Unandera. It was yeah, 89. Yeah, I, I think you were saying remember, Ferry Meadow Italia in 89. Yeah, and I remember in that first year against Ferry Meadow Italia, it was pouring rain, and Fonny was the coach at the time. And we must have played about six double-headers in a row. It was just incredible. That, that, can, was, that can eat you up. That can eat you up. But with Unandera, yeah, I had uh, a year there, and um, a half a year there, rather, and um, they uh, generously gave me the MVP uh, award at the end of the year, which I didn't think I deserved. But, um, yeah, but I had a good time at Unandera. It was a um, really good time. And so then you're, you're back to where your senior career started with Ferry Meadow. With Ferry Meadow, yeah. Now under the, the name of Ferry Meadow Italia. Yep. So how did that come about, and... Um, um, Harry uh, Satin and Paul went to Ferrymeadow Italia and they said come along and I think Fonny uh, gave me a call as well and we had the likes of Richie P- Peel was playing there, um, Steve Heil, Richard Lloyd. Um, we had a fairly good side. I think Pete Willis was there with us as well. At and so where did they play at? They weren't playing at Dalton Park anymore. No, we were playing at Brandon Park. That was yeah. our home ground at the time. Yeah. It was the old Brandon, well, yeah, it was new but it's old now. Um, yeah, we played uh, all our home games there. So it would have yeah. been pretty cool in that sense. It was cool, it was cool. And were Ferry Meadow in the, the second tier? Yeah, we were time? in the second tier at the time. We were playing at, um, yeah, we were playing at towns like Bathurst and Orange and oh, wow. stuff like some that. Some big road trips. Yeah, there were yeah. some big road trips, but uh, the majority of the stuff was in Sydney, but it was, uh, it was a good time. It was a good season, you know. Um, I know me and Harry played up front together. And uh, Harry scored a lot of goals, and I got a few, and we had a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. And at the end of that year, um, you then made a, another move to South Coast Croatia. Yeah, yeah. I moved to South Coast Croatia. Uh, Neil Williams, uh, I was approached by their secretary. He asked if um, I wanted to come down there and, and have a kick. And I thought playing at that level, because funny, we were playing training three nights a week, and... And uh, down at South Coast Croatia, um, I think Claude was there. Claude Cellini was there yeah. at the time, and uh, Max Bettencelli, and um, and uh, who was the other striker there? I can't remember his name. Joe Coelho. And well, we had a good side, and I uh, went down there, and we had a game there. And uh, probably the most disappointing thing about that year was uh, we got beaten the Burt Bampton Cup final <laughs> by Harry's team because Harry had gone to Cringilla at the time and started coaching Cringilla. Yeah, and um, yeah, so, uh, but uh, it was a good time at uh, South Coast Road. I've had good times at every club I've gone to. I've forged friendships and, and uh, you know. And there seems to be a sort of theme coming through here that those, uh, that sort of peer group that you were growing up with in your, in your, your late teens and that it was at Ferry Meadow as well, was, mm. uh, it was pretty strong as well. Yeah, we were pretty tight, the guys, you know, we were very tight knit group of guys and um and we and we all love football we all had a passion for football you know um, i just love the game you know it's, so, it's something that uh i would do it all over again <laughs> if i could you know if i could i'd do it all over again and so the the following year you just have one year at croatia and then you link back up with 
with uh, with Harry there. Yeah. Yeah, in '91 at Coniston. At Coniston, at so Conno, uh, obviously that relationship, and yeah. he moved from Kringilla yeah, to Conno yeah. and said, "Well, yeah. I need a striker. Yeah. Come with me." Yeah, yeah, and that's it. And the way, and that was it. Um, and I spent the rest of my days at Coniston, and again, Macedonian club. A lot few of the Conno committee were at Wollongong United. A couple of them. Yep. And, and yeah, I just stayed at Coniston. Harry left. Coniston after a while and I uh, stayed on there and Jimmy Jimmy was the coach, I can't remember Jimmy's second name but um, they sacked Jimmy and they put me on as, I was captain coach for a half a year uh, which is a totally different ball game for me and um, you've got to sort of like separate yourself from the boys and say look guys I'm the boss now and, Yeah. so and what, what year was that? that was in 90 Three. And I think Harry then came back again after that. You know? Because that 91, if we can go back to 91 and, and 92, so 91, you were very strong. And, and we're in the second, won, but we're in the second division though. Yeah, but you won the grand final out here, here at Judy Masters. Here at Judy Masters, yeah. So, and, um, then, and then the next year after that, I think was 90, I think that was 90. 90 and then in 91, we actually won the league, the Premier League. Yeah, it was 91 that you won the first division grand final with Coniston. Okay, so it was 92, we won the Premier League. The year after we got promoted, we right. actually won the league and got beaten the grand final by Fig Tree, 4-1. So there was some... What do you remember of those years? Um, in 90, in, in the year we got... The year we won the league, we were beaten by Fig Tree in the grand final... We had two major semi-finals against Bell County. Yeah. We drew after extra time. Then we had to play replay midweek, and then we had to play the grand. Sorry, that was the final. Then we had to play the grand final, and I think we. I think that was our grand final, yep. and we just didn't have the legs in the grand final at um, the New Bulls Paddy. And I guess you've. You've said you and I appreciate the support of the podcast and, and doing this interview now, you know, my feelings are pretty clear on winning the league versus a grand final. Still, there's respect there for the grand final and the process, but 92 winning the league uh, must have been pretty special because oh, yeah. there's some some big clubs, some big players out there yeah, and, uh, it, and it would have been big for Coniston as well. It was huge for us and, uh, and one of the players who we'd signed up was Graham Fletcher and who he was a people didn't know was played a lot of his NSL player. Yeah, he played a lot of his football out of the region, Graham. Even though he was a Unandera junior, yeah. he played a lot of his football for St George. And um, fantastic player, absolutely fantastic. I can player. still remember um, I went to Kira High, and um, quite a few guys that I grew up with there were um, lived in Conno and were Conno fans. Yeah. And, you know, they'd speak of Graham Fletcher, and you know, I'd be watching Balgowney games. Yeah. And, Saw him there, but um, you know, they loved him there at Connor yeah. as well. Oh, didn't yeah, they? yeah, they did. He was, uh, yeah, he was a good, good player, Graham. He was a fantastic player, and uh, we complimented each other really well. You know, um, it, it was, uh, I guess, the attributes that we put, both brought onto the pitch um, complimented each other, and we formed a really good uh, striking partnership. It was, it was Sarge at the back, and Sarge was at the back, and uh, who else was we, in that? Team? We had a couple of young guys. We had uh, Vlad, and we had Bobby Grabeski in the midfield, and we had another young guy um, who went to the Wolves, Vladdy Shribaneski. Yeah. Uh, we had Skocky in goals, and Harry. Harry, of course, played in the midfield. Yeah, we had a good side. We had a good side. And so was that um, 
you know, um, was that one of your better years that you had in the local competition? Do you know something? I don't really... It's funny you say it because, yeah, it was uh, one of the best years that, that I had, but I've had that many years where I didn't win. I thought, well, I'm playing football, the club's great. Yep. We've tried our hardest because every time I went out on the pitch... I didn't bring anything back off it, do you know yep. what I mean? So for me, playing football was the pinnacle, whether it was a good year or a bad year. Even yep. that first year at Balambi, you know, third last, but I was playing Premier League, you know, and I put everything in, I put my heart and soul into it. You know, I knew that 99.99% of the time I walked off that pitch that I could hold my head up, win, lose or draw. Yep. Do you know what I mean? So that's how I sort of like... Um, Judge whether the year's been a good year or a bad. And do you think year. someone like Mike Johnson sort of instilled that into you? That Mike, you know, that Huey, sort of that discipline, that sort of work yeah. hard and, and yep. give a good account of yourself. Mike, Huey, Tinney, even Al, Alan, um, Tomo yep. from a young age. You know, um, all them guys. Sort of that, football, that football self-esteem that you yeah. should be happy with what effort you've put in and give yeah. everything that you can. And, and and that's another thing that Mike Johnson sort of like brought to the thing. He said, you're just not, you're not you for that 90 minutes that you're on a football pitch. You're you for the whole week. Yep. That preparation. How you, that, how you live your life, your lifestyle, you know. Every, you know, he brought psychology into it, everything, you know. And it was sort of like changed the whole way I thought about football and about myself. But I had sort of like that eth- that work ethic instilled in me at a young yep. age for whatever reason it was. I don't know. Maybe it's a character thing. I don't know. Probably just innate. Innate. But it definitely helps. With the... Um you said there in '93 there was a, a captain coach role um, when Harry had left. Um, was that only sort of an interim position? Yeah. And yeah. and and it doesn't seem that um, it seems playing was was yeah, your I, real passion, and then coaching you just did it to help yeah, the club out. Yeah, that's basically what it was. I uh, I, I didn't have any aspirations to coach. Um, uh, yeah, when Harry left, they they appointed a coach, and it didn't work out for him. Um, I had to make a few hard decisions, though. I know they brought down this striker from Marconi. He was a young guy, and because uh, we weren't scoring goals, um, and I I couldn't play. Like I was starting to get injured, then I was getting a bit long in the tooth, and I was starting to get hurt. And um, we fought off relegation. We just missed out on relegation actually, because we started off very poorly in the in the in the comp. And I had to make a few hard decisions. I just asked the committee, I said, like, things, how, how much are we paying this guy? And, and, uh, and I basically said, if he doesn't score next week, we've yeah. got to get rid of him, you know. As <laughs> sad as it sounds, but uh, you've got to you've make, those, make, those, you've hard make those hard calls. And, um, you know, and as a footballer, uh, you know, I wouldn't like that call being made against me. Yeah. But the reality of it is... It's football. The team's got to be picked on the merit. The team's got to be picked on merit. And, you know, and I always went by that as growing up. If I was dropped, I was dropped. If I was picked, I was picked. It's as simple as that, you know. The, those years with Coniston, and um, maybe we can talk about um, Wollongong United as well, um, but against Coniston, was the coniston Cringilla derby a, uh, a, a big thing? And, uh, <laughs> and even some of those other... Battles of the Balkans um, oh, was, as well. There would have been some some huge games there, and, yeah. and talk about talk about them. You know, we I'll, we sometimes say that we um, in these local leagues that we 
don't get a taste of what we see in Europe and whatnot, but I think some of those ones, um, there, there is a bit of passion involved. Yeah, I'll tell you some stories about the, the local derbies. Um, Wollongong United, we were playing against a team called Avala, or Avala. Yep. Um, they were Serbian. Of course, we're Macedonian, yep. back the club. Uh, I scored the winner against Avala down at Berkeley Sports Ground one day. I, think, I can't remember whether we won 2-1 or 1-0. I'm not yep. sure what it was, but I know I scored because in the paper the next day, because I, I just celebrated. I just yep. ran to the crowd and celebrated. I thought just it was, happy, just got, a, got yeah, the winner. You know what it's like. And it said Gardner and Sykes right. <laughs> I don't know whether Phil wrote that or Sid. <laughs> I can't remember. But it said Gardner and Sites right. And I'm like, oh, no, that's not right. Gardner was just celebrating, you know. <laughs> and the crowd, they had to bring the cops in, apparently, and everything like that. And yeah, so Cringilla and uh, Cringilla and uh, Coniston derbies, they were fantastic uh, yep. affairs. It was full on, full on passion, mate, from the supporters to the players and. Um, I remember one day we played down at Cream Park. Cream Park was one of my favourite grounds, by the way, even before they did it up. Yep. I used to somehow always scored on that ground. I don't know why, but I did. Played terribly some games, but scored. That's what a striker is supposed to do, I suppose. And um, anyway, that night I went out for dinner with my wife and we went to this restaurant and there was Macedonians all there, <laughs> Cringilla Macedonians. And uh, they started serenading me. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it's funny. It was good times, and um, yeah, those. Uh, and I know when I was playing for South Coast Croatia, and we were playing against uh, Wollongong White Eagles. Yeah, they were a bit hairy as well, especially at the time when the Balkan War was on. Yeah, it wasn't pleasant, but um, you know. Football, for me, football's supposed to stride that type of stuff. And, I think 99% of the time it does. And, you know, yeah. and those derbies were just yeah. more about it was. wanting to win. And Especially, the, and also too, the Coniston Wollongong Olympic derbies. Yeah. The, the Greeks and the Macedonians, it's, um, they were terrific games, you know. And, and, and if, you keep, if you keep the lid on them and you know, forget all the, others, yeah. all the other stuff, the guys on the pitch, are, we're mates. You know? You'll go down the club afterwards and you have a drink and all that type of stuff. It's all the stuff on the outside that causes the, the hassles and the dramas. Like, um, you know, it's, uh, I don't, I, I, I'm not into the politics and the, no, the nuances of all that type of stuff. No, like, no, and I guess that's no, one of the reasons why Australia uh, was asked to ditch the ethnic names of the clubs, you know. It's, um, but uh, I know on the pitch we were fierce um, competitors and off the pitch we'd go and have a beer, you know. Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, we won't get into it too much, but I think there's something missing from the A-League when you when you have those sort of rivalries and um, you don't have them anymore when you've got sort of confected teams mm, and mm. it takes, all, takes decades and, yeah, it does. and years to yeah. develop, even in local league. There was one, um, actually, before you go on, there was one game that we played in, I was playing for Wollongong in Macedonia, it was pre-season, it was a January, and it was, uh, it was 36 degrees, we just started uh, pre-season training, it was like one of those days where we, when you breathed in it was just burning you. <laughs> uh, a Macedonian team, well it was a Macedonian team from Yugoslavia, because it was called Yugoslavia back then, they yep. hadn't split, and the team was called Vada. they were winning the Yugoslavian first division at the time, and for some reason they were touring Australia. And we managed to get a game against them at Berkeley Sports and Sports Ground. 
Uh, they'd been playing in the European League. Yep. I think they were playing in the European Cup that year. And all the boys down there, we're really excited. Like, this is going to be yeah, big. Phenomenal. Phenomenal to play against players like this. And we're thinking, oh, these guys have come from a European winter, freezing cold, because they were on their winter break. Then they had winter breaks back then. Uh, you know, we should give them a bit of a run for their money. You know, we're in the pre-season. We're pretty... Oh, mate, it was just a whitewash. They, they played us like we were kids. <laughs> and they were just knocking... And, and for me, that particular game brought out to me, wow, the chasm in the standards between yeah. Europe and Australia. And, like, I was playing in, like, the second or third tier in Australia at yeah. the time. And, yeah, it was just a chasm back in, in, in them days. It, it was just... Uh, I just stood there. I was playing up front. I hardly got a touch. And they were just forming triangles. You could see that their technique was just far superior just that reading to reading the us. game as well. Well, it was just all technical. It was just something that, you know... Um, I know Adrian was <laughs> in the podcast you had with him uh, the other day saying about... You know, you pass the ball 50,000 times across the back and you don't get anywhere. He says there was always something happening. Well, but passing the ball, if you've got the ball at the back, the other team hasn't got it. Yep. And that's what it was like with us and Varda. You know, like we'd get the ball, pump it long or hit a long ball, they'd just take it off us, play with it. And the I rest think, is history. I think um, it needs to be recognised that whether it be English teams or European teams, uh, over you know several several decades in Australia, the people that come to this country as immigrants have have brought these teams they have. to out and it's, and it's made us richer and you know to play a team like that you know it's it's probably a highlight you know oh. to play against someone that's yeah. playing in the European Cup at the time which yeah. is not sort of a the Champions League is watered no. down yeah because you've got the top four teams yeah. of some leagues. Yeah. This is the best of the best, yeah. so wow. Yeah, it was a really, really big experience for me. It was, it was, a, it was a game that I'll, I'll remember just because it highlighted to me the difference in the level between our, you know, our footballing techniques, I guess. Talked about derbies. Um, I guess for you as a striker, what I wanted to ask you... Um, I played a lot of midfield and wasn't that not that good anyway. But as a striker, um, what were some of your better partnerships you had? You know, you spoke about Graham Fletcher, but you know, over the course of your Harry, career, Harry Satin was and Robbie Giraldi. I know in that first year that me and Robbie had together at Macedonia, we must have scored over forty goals between us. Like um, there was just an understanding there, you know. And with Harry at Ferry Meadow that particular year. I know Harry scored a lot of goals, and I was um, I was okay in the air, so he, he I would be drawing um, the defenders to me. Yep. I'd somehow manage to get the ball, flick it on, and Harry's just free. And of course, Harry had the skill and the touches uh, to finish. Graham Fletcher, that was another um, a good uh, memorable striking partnership I remember having with him. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I've had. Um, and it depends on the system that you play yep. too. Sometimes you play a lone strike and roll, and you have midfielders behind you. It depended, but in those particular times, we were either playing four four two, four three three, or something yep. to that effect, you know. But um, yeah, I uh, yeah, it's um, I know I, I had a uh, back in the early day. I think Kimmy Johnson was playing up front with me and Terry Stewart at, at um, Balambi, and um, you know, they were early days, but. Um, 
but we were only young and we as as you got older you learnt and your game became a lot more um uh, I guess refined yep and um and as the game became refined you were more aware of the uh your partners around you you know um I've ha- you know you you also got to have good midfielders good defenders good goalkeepers yep. as well that make a team and um yeah I had some uh, yeah some good uh striking partnerships with Harry and Graham and Robbie and Paul actually I played Paul played up front too if, bit of time more of an attacking midfielder as well when you um, when you were getting near the end of your career did you know it you spoke about 97 I think you finished up at Coniston um, we'll talk briefly about amateurs if you want so what was what was your feeling there I guess you were born in 61 yeah yeah. So you were sort of, I guess, coming 30, to 36, 36 in that sort of final year yeah, and, yeah. and Coniston was in Premier League. Yeah, yeah. So w- did you just know that your body was ready or you just wanted to give yourself a high benchmark and therefore you weren't happy with where you were at? Uh, it was funny when I, how I finished my career. I think the last game I played in, we'd beaten Bulleye 2-1 and I scored the both goals at the end. I scored both goals and I remember hurting myself and I'm going, I put my hand up and I says, Harry, Harry was coaching at the time, I says, take me off. And he goes, no, no, stay on and get your hat-trick, get your hat-trick. And I thought then, back in the day, I would have stayed on. Yep. I would have stayed on to get that hat-trick, but I didn't, you know. And that was sort of like the beginning of the end and I think I played one more game after that in the Premier League and I hurt my hamstring and... Um, that was it. I just sort of like bowed out. It was sort of like no, no, you know. So you didn't no play the full season in that No, I, was, I just got hurt, you know, and um, I was starting to pick up a lot of injuries. Uh, it was funny, earlier on in my career, my fitness was um, probably my biggest asset. I was fit. I trained a lot. I trained on my own a lot. And um, I, I guess mm. up until about 27, I could have counted the amount of times that I'd missed a game through injury on one hand, and then. But after that, it sort of like started to started, accumulate. Started to accumulate, and I remember um, the first time I hurt my hammy was at Kelly Park while playing for um, Wollongong United, and we were playing a few home games there, and um, I pulled my hamstring or tore my hamstring quite bad, and that was sort of like the beginning of the end, with as far as in, in my body saying to me that was it, Dino. Well, I guess those state league days, it's three nights a week. Yeah, yeah. A full league season yeah. as well, it, it does add up, doesn't it? Broken nose, lost me tooth, <laughs> elbows, you know. But, like I said, I'd do it all again. When you uh, you did play amateurs, uh, was that more um, because you loved playing and you yeah. wanted to play with a few friends? Uh, it was because I loved playing. Yep. I just love playing. You miss it. You do miss it. I, I miss it today, funnily enough. You miss it. You know you can't do it, but you miss it, you know. I don't um, go and watch football as much as I should, you know. I'm, I, I still work a lot, and but I do watch it on TV, and I do follow it. I'm a mad Liverpool supporter. I've, well, hopefully they can erase that year, 1990. Yeah, year. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and... Um, I went out to a Balambi game earlier on this year. They were said for a few of the old boys come out and watch the team play, and yep. we went out there and 
had a few drinks with the old Blamby boys and but uh, other than that it's I guess it's because my kids weren't really involved in football yep. as well you hear a lot of ex-players and they they're still involved and it's because their kids got involved yep. my kids they um, had different interests yeah they had different interests and I wasn't going to force it on them you know it's you can't force um, your own interests on your kids yep. so you know they did have a crack at it and they didn't you know they didn't like it I says oh well you had a crack and you didn't like it well that's your decision you know and so I guess um, the way I stayed involved somewhat was through the amateur league playing and um, and who did you play with in I the played amateurs? for Coromel Leagues Club um, Mick Curter was organising the teams yep. back then and we won a couple of grand finals and and um, and then I, st- I played in a couple of over 35 competitions as well <laughs> And I thought to myself, when I start looking at guys now, oh, look at them young blokes in the under thirty-five, in the over thirty-five. I'm thinking, yeah, but That's I'd still have a kick today. I'm still, I still keep relatively fit, and yep. you know, my touch probably isn't there. Not that it ever was, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd still have a kick. And if you had to um, analyse it, and like you said, there's various things that go into it. Uh, what would you say was your was your best year? Was it was it 85 getting promoted into 86 or was it that 86, 87 years where you were playing in that top tier of state football against the yeah. best teams that... Yeah, I mean, was all, that, throughout was my, that... all throughout my life there's been some great years, even some junior years, I, you know. I, I know playing, um, like, uh, we played in the game before the Manchester United-Australia game for Balgownie, and a rep team, there was 30,000 people there. Wow. You know, Al Thompson was the coach. Even though I didn't get on, I was on the bench that night. He, he, I didn't get a run, but so where was that played? That this is the old, the old sports ground. I think it's yeah. what the, um, the football stadium is now. Yep. Yeah, and I know at the end, of, I know Man United beat Australia four 0 that night, and they were yelling out Balgowney for us to come back on because we'd beaten Auburn five 0 So who did you, you guys play? Auburn. Okay. Well. Yeah. And we were lucky enough to get in... We were in the same shed as United. Tommy Doherty, Joe Jordan, Alex Stephanie, the goalie. So even as a Liverpool fan, that's even still as pretty a Liverpool big. Fan, that's still pretty it, big, It though. tore me hard out, but I grinned and bared it. And even in them days, I remember um, we... It was the start of, like, under-14s, and Balgani was sponsored by Admiral. Remember Admiral Wear? Yeah. And I know one of our plays had a pair of Umbro shorts on. And Dave Childs, because we had black shorts, went, had a black, had, went out and bought a black texter and texted out the, uh, the um, Umbro right. sign. It was, it was sort of, I'm thinking, wow, it's starting to get a bit serious here. So, yeah, that was a memorable game. And um, I, I, remember, um, I remember a game down at uh, Kelly Park against Karingai, you know, scoring, um, you know, scoring from 30 yards out, just hitting the, hitting the ball sweet and going in there. That was a great game. And that was for Long Macedonia? That was for Long Macedonia. I know uh, scoring against Canterbury, we weren't doing too well. Pete Willis was the coach. Pete Willis was another coach I had that I forgot to mention for United and um, scoring a goal against Canterbury and Chris Hummel, the Australian schoolboys goalkeeper. Yep. Yeah, I scored against. Uh, that was a good game, and we were in dire straits that year. We were near relegation, and we needed to win that game, and we beat them two-one. Uh, I think it was. That was. That was a great game. That was a memorable game. Playing the Wolves, local derbies, another local derby. Wollongong United playing very um, 
playing um, either Ferry Meadow or Wollongong City. City. I, I think one time there, Wollongong got um, relegated from the National League. And yeah, they did in 87. 87, and we played, a, we played them at the Wollongong Showground. That was a big game. Uh, and Ferry Meadow, I think there was Wollongong United, Ferry Meadow and Wollongong City in the same league that wow. year. Yeah, and they were some good games. I remember playing Ferry Meadow out at Berkeley Sports Social Club. I think we beat them 1-0. And, and Yui, you know, after the game came up to me. And it's just some great memories, you know. It's stuff that you just, yeah. Well, I think, um, I think we should uh, end it there. And I, I really appreciate your time and, and um, coming out here and doing the interview and the support that you've given uh, my pursuit and by doing the interview and, and, and sending stuff through. So I appreciate it, Dean. No, Thanks, Travis, um, I uh, take my hat off to you for uh, doing this type of stuff. It's sort of like uh, I think we need it, uh, you know, just to relive, not just to relive, but to show the young kids of today too the history of the football in this region. It's not just, um, you know, get on a Saturday and away you go. There's been a lot of people that's come before yeah, these young guys that uh that are playing today now and uh, take my hat off to you well, well done. i appreciate it mate and there's a lot of people like yourself that um send probably over 70 percent of the stuff in and and doing this interview will like i said uh tell our story in the illawarra so yeah. i appreciate it mate no worries thank thanks. you thanks Trevor. Thanks again to you, the listener, for your ongoing support. It is greatly appreciated. That is it for this episode. Please keep listening, and soon enough, Episode 7 will be available. Bye for now. (laughs) 